iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, and more. You're listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with James Cox and Blake Mosley. Welcome to When Words Fail Meets Six Weeks Podcast. I'm your professional handicapped, James, and I know my voice sounds like Skeeter from the Muppets. And on the <laughs> other end, of, uh, you will hear my co-host, who is the loudest guy in the room only when he plays the drums, the podcast internet sensation, and quite possibly the sexiest voice on the internet, my friend and yours, Rosalie. What's going on, man? Hey, dude. What's um, so, I, I, how, how was your Easter? My Easter, I had a headache all day. Oh no! Yeah, so the worst, was, man. Yeah, so I gotta, I gotta get my doctor to prescribe me some, some, um, some powerful medicine because, because not, not killing it for some reason. Yeah. You know, so man, that sucks. Yeah. How about you? How was your Easter? Oh, dude, Easter was good. Uh, so I figured this would be a fun thing to bring up since we, uh, this is a music podcast, but, um, as you know, I play. Uh, drums and uh for my church yeah and uh obviously with the uh COVID-19 pandemic that's going on right now churches are not having services I know some people are doing drive-in services right I uh, also heard that a church in Missouri did that and uh everyone that drove into the service got a $500 ticket because they're supposed to be at home I read that yeah Ooh, that, yeah that yeah. was weird dude no wild uh it's like every every person got a 500 so if you're a couple you got yep. like a thousand I'm, right yeah. it's crazy man yeah it is but you know a lot of a lot of churches are doing the live streaming i think that's the safest bet you know yeah. just just do your live stream um our church decided to do something uh for those of you who live in sumter i go to ccc sumter um and uh it's a great church i love going there um, a lot of great people the music program and the worship team is just it's wonderful everything about it is just so great um they decided to do something different for easter this year obviously you have to do something different Right. adjusting to this whole thing so uh so i play drums for the worship team um my brother-in-law uh brian um uh, who's on the not religious podcast with me mm-hmm. he uh he plays bass and he does sound from time to time um and then my wife Allie, she that she uh sings right uh, from time to time as well um we had two different services that we played for this week uh in regards to easter um, one of them being a sunrise service that we recorded early Friday morning, which is actually my wife's birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy um, birthday, Ellie. And uh, so we did a, um, a early morning sunrise service that we recorded that they played at 7 o'clock yesterday morning. That turned out really well. Nice. Something else that we did was uh, we, we moved all the seats in the sanctuary out and set up the worship team in a big circle. Did a really intimate acoustic broken down set. Um, you know, I played with some uh, hot rod sticks and uh, a tambourine. Just kept it really basic, but it was still cool. Um, and uh, it was just really, it was really special. But cool. one of the things that we did that was really awesome, and if you go to CCC Sumter's Facebook, there's a link there that you can go watch this. Uh, but we did a song where we, uh, the worship leader had people send in videos of themselves just at home singing the chorus uh, of this song. And he did a virtual choir. It was really cool. Um, so Allie participated in that as well. She sent in a video of herself. Um, they probably had about 20 to 30 people that participated in that. Oh, and nice. uh, they just put them all on the screen together and synced it up with what we were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, had a few kinks to work out when we started to practice it, but yeah, yeah. by the, the end result was really cool. Uh, cool. so I encourage everyone to go to CCC Sumter on Facebook and, uh, check that video out. It's really cool. You'll see me there yeah, hey. on the skins. On uh, the skin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hey, um, I, uh, I, I, as you know, I, I, uh, I am your, uh, I watch your Instagram feed. 
Yeah. Uh, and and sometimes you post, uh, you know, uh, you 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 posted a a, a video to t telling the audience. I always look at the camera when I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> did you look at the camera? I did not. I made uh, sure. Yes. That I learning. made sure this time. In fact, uh, after I made so many looks at the camera, they decided to move the camera <laughs> in the drum cage good. behind me. Yeah, that's always <laughs> just a get an overview of, uh... shot from behind my head. Right. And because uh, I because I don't know if you did this, but um on uh, on YouTube they have uh, um the, the the it's called the drummer's POV. Yeah. And I've looked at the I've I've looked at the Slayer's. Uh, you you know you know Dave Lombardo's view yeah and it's amazing oh, yeah. you can see like everything you know yeah oh, basically I so I didn't notice but but you can barely hear the singer and the and the guitarist when, when you're playing the drums it's it's the wildest thing yeah so, yeah so yeah so I, I love doing I also, that because I also, I, I also wonder how they how they keep them in sync with the guitars and stuff I don't know. I don't know how. So, like, we've all got uh, we've got some in ear monitors uh -huh. um, oh, okay. that we can exclusively turn up, and I always cut myself down. Right. Well, um, yeah. I know yeah. a lot of drummers won't do that. No. I intentionally cut myself down. I prefer to hear. So for me, how I've always played drums um, was uh, if I'm just at home, uh, I'll you know, pull up my phone or, you know, back in the days when I had an iPod or, uh, I had a Zune yeah, at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would play with headphones in. So I was used to playing to a track without being able to really hear myself anyway. Cause I, the headphones would isolate the sound. Right, right. Um, and, uh, so that's always how I've played at home. So when I started playing at CCC and they used in-ear monitors, they use a click track um, and little Avion systems that you can adjust the sound for who you want to hear, who you don't want to hear. Um, you can turn your click up and all that stuff. Um, so I always cut myself all the way down. I completely mute myself in my ears. Right. Um, just cause that's how I prefer to play. Yeah. And, uh, I have everybody else turned, turned up, turned up. for the most part. Okay. Um, and turn my click all the way up. If there's a loop track, I cut the loop track all the way up. And uh, that's just how I've always done it. Okay, cool. And, uh, yeah, because I didn't know how to do that, so that's that's pretty interesting, you know. Yeah, how, it's uh, it's uh it's it helps, especially yeah. if there's one person. You know, every now and then you'll get somebody who's singing, and maybe their timing is not that great, so you can kind of cut them down a little bit so it doesn't interfere with your playing, right? Uh, or the track or anything like that. So, right. I um, I noticed you mentioned Allie's birthday. What what did you do for her birthday? So, um, yeah, so it, it, I hate that it came in the time of, yeah. uh, this pandemic and nobody can do anything and, right. you know, you can't have any large social gatherings. Yeah. Um, so my coworker suggested she, it was her idea. And, uh, she said, you know, what you could do is you could set up like a drive by parade. Um, oh, well, and you can yeah. like tell some of her friends and family if they want to drive by your house, you know. So, I texted a few people, kind of got like five or uh, five cars worth of people that wanted to drive by the house, and they made little signs and they drove by. So Friday was her birthday, and uh, um, so I got her outside, and you could tell she knew something was up the whole time. <laughs> right, exactly. but we, you know, we we did that, had some people you know drive by or whatever, and then you know just. Her sister and her brother and her uh, brother's girlfriend, they saw kind of hung out um, and afterwards. And my sister, my niece and nephew, my brother-in-law, everybody, you know, just kind of hung out. We didn't have a huge crowd or anything. Um, you know, we ate some food and uh, drank some coffee, uh, sat around, talked for a while. I think I think she enjoyed it. Right. So Good, good. Um, speaking of the pandemic, um, there's been a lot of, I know you've seen a, like a lot of false news out there lately. Heck yeah, and, it's everywhere. Right, it, it's everywhere. Man, I can't get people to stop, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, I took it upon myself to find the facts. And mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. If you go to um, coronavirus.jhu.edu backslash map.html, you will find exact how, how, the exact many of, of, uh, of uh, recovered... Uh, Cases to death cases, so yeah. there's been more 
recovery case that they are deaths now, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, 441,820 people have totally recovered. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. So if you want to um, not spread any bad news ever again, just go to that website that tells you uh, the exact number of each uh, category, um, and it updates like every 20 minutes. So yeah, we're getting you know we're getting through this. Um, like I said, four four hundred thousand you know plus more um, have have recovered. Yeah. So um, there's yeah, been, we'll we'll there, get through it, man. It's, oh yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a absolute mess and a nightmare and yeah you know I'm still holding on to my my belief that it's really not as bad as it's made out to be. Well, um, they, they're, they're they're saying that it has a 97 recovery rate. The only people that die is people with with uh, bad immune systems like 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 yeah. elderly people like 80 mm-hmm. 80 and over. So that's right. that's bad bad. But uh, you know I mean they're trying to they're trying the best to to do what yeah. they can for them. You know. Yeah, I've heard something too about uh, there's there's belief that it's actually been here longer than they think, really, um, and that people have actually been infected for longer than you know. A lot of people like think this thing really escalated in February, right? Yeah, um, yeah. and that's really not the case. They're saying as far back as October and November of last year, right? Um, there's been some cases of people being sick, right. And and if I'm being honest with you, I think my mom had it. If that's what it is, the, all the symptoms that they talk about with it's a upper respiratory issue with a fever, right? Um, and you know, being down for like two weeks, my mom dealt with that in uh, early January. No, no. And uh, you know, be- so I, I think I think that it's been here longer than people than it's being led on. Right. Oh I yeah. I think there's far more cases of recoveries than there are. Oh, you totally uh, yeah, deaths. Four hundred thousand. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're uh, like, we're gonna get through it, man. It's, oh, yeah. And another thing, you've got. One, I've also heard that once you have it, you're not likely to get it again. Go ahead. Um, great. So well, it's you not, know, that's well, awesome. not great, but you know, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that way, if you go ahead and get it, it's done, man. Right. So you know, you have however many cases of people that have been confirmed to have it. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, that means they're likely to not get it again. Right. And well, we kind of have to build up our immune systems at some point, so they yeah. need to just let everybody go back outside. Hello. Hey. Hey. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm here. I'll. I'll. I'll cut that out. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The government listening in. There you go. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I thought I had it. Well, I didn't think I had it because I didn't know that that this was the actual virus. But 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 I was sick. Um, and, uh, in the late December, but yeah. all, but all, but all it was was like a case of bronchitis, and I got over that within two weeks. And I had to stay, yeah. and, and I stayed with my parents in in Sumter. You know, yeah. my mom wasn't, you know, sure wasn't gonna let me come back here in Columbia right. by myself with the bronchitis. And she said, "You're staying here until you get get better." Right. So, yeah. So all I had was bronchitis. But yeah, yeah, yeah like you said, this this has been. Um, I, we think that this has been going on since last year, so right. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. No telling, man. We'll get through it. Oh yeah. So okay. Uh, so uh, this episode uh, number nine is a podcast about music movies. Yeah. But before then, before we get into that, there's I want to go through two things with you. Okay. Um, do you know who Joe Diffie is? Joe Diffie, I sure do. You sure do. Good. Um, he sang um, uh, "Pickup Man" mm-hmm. on the album called Third Rock from the Sun." Uh huh. Great, great album. Anybody should listen to that if they're in the country or well, hell, if you just listen to music, you should pick it up. You know. Yeah. But uh, he tragically died on March 29th, twenty twenty, yeah. due to the virus. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So, it's really sad. Yeah, so um, we send out condolences to his um, family, mm-hmm. and we we lost another legend. Um, it's uh, Bill Withers. Yeah, um, man, that was that was rough. He did not die by the by the by the virus. I think he was just uh, it was just natural causes. Yeah, but he died on March thirtieth, twenty twenty, and he's right. the one that sang "Ain't No Sunshine" and and "Lean On Me." Yep. Um, just two, just the two of us. Um, great, 
great singer, um, great yeah. artist, um, fantastic songs. Yep. So uh, a true legend. Yeah, yeah. So rest in peace to the both of you, and we'll see you when we see you. Right. Okay. So um, like I said before, this uh, this episode is all gonna be on music and movies. So uh, Rosalie, take it away. All right. Uh, first one is pretty popular. A lot of people know this movie. Um, it's a very funny movie. I'll admit that it's been a long time since I have seen it, but uh, the movie Spinal Tap kind of set the pace for mockumentaries. Right. Um, and uh, I love a good mockumentary. I think they're hilarious. Um, you know, it, especially for the time frame when this came out. The movie comes out, it came out in 1984. Um, wow. in the height of the heavy metal, hair metal, uh, scene that was around, um, just poking fun at, at metal bands in the eighties, um, starring Michael McKean as David St. Hubbins, who was the rhythm guitarist for Spinal Tap, Christopher Guest as Nigel Tufnell, who was on lead guitar, Harry Shearer as Derek Smalls for the, as a bassist for, for Spinal Tap and David Caffinetti as Viv Savage, their drummer. One of my favorite things about this movie is how many drummers that they went through. Do you remember that? No, sir, I do not. All they, I know is, so, um, all I know is uh, the drummer called uh, Viv Savage. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the the ongoing joke with uh, Spinal Tap and their drummers, they, all their drummers keep dying. And they're like these weird ways, like one of them choked on a sandwich. Oh, no. Uh, one of them, uh, it, I think one of them was like a shark attack or something. Oh, God. And uh, there was another one. My favorite one was they said he died in a tragic gardening accident. Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so funny, man. Um, they uh, Music uh, music by Christopher Guest, Michael Keenan, Harry Shearer, and Rob Reiner. Um, so the cast provided the music as well. Um, and, uh, the, uh, just a little bit of insight for, uh, for Spinal Tap. Uh, this is Spinal Tap is the name of the movie. If you want to go check it out, uh, it shines a light on the self-contained universe of a metal band struggling to get back on the charts, including everything from its complicated history of ups and downs, gold albums, name changes, and undersold concert dates, along with a full host of requisite groupies, promoters, hangers-on, and historians, sessions, release events, and those special behind-the-scenes moment, uh, moments that keep it all real. Uh, segments of Marty's uh, film show, David and Nigel, to be, uh, excuse me, segments of Marty's film show David and Nigel to, uh, to be competent but dim-witted and immature musicians. At one point, Nigel shows Marty a custom-made amplifier that has volume knobs that go up to 11, 11. believing that this would make their output louder. But Gotta it goes crank to it up to 11. But it goes to 11, know? man. Yeah. 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 That's what the ongoing joke. Yeah. Every guitarist, I don't even play guitar, and yeah. I know that. I get that joke. <laughs> well, you can say, my drums go up to 11, man. You know? My drums go up to 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a budget of $2 million. At the box office, they brought in $4.7 million. So they definitely made a little bit of a profit off well, of it. Yeah. They did, good, yeah. Good, good, they did pretty good for themselves. Yeah. The film resonated with many musicians, such as Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, Jerry Cantrell, Dee Snyder, and Ozzy Osbourne, hmm. um, all reported that, like Spinal Tap, they had become lost in confusing arena backstage hallways trying to make their way to the stage. That's a hilarious scene. They can't, they, yeah. they're running around backstage. They, they keep going through doors and hallways and they cannot even find the freaking stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that uh, was, and I'm sure that was true, like, way all back, you know, back then, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when Dawkins, George Lynch saw the film, uh, he is said to have exclaimed, that's us. How'd they make that movie about us? <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn Danzig that we mentioned last week a lot from the Misfits, uh, Glenn Danzig, Danzig had a similar reaction when comparing Spinal Tap to his former band, the Misfits, saying, quote, when I first saw Spinal Tap, I was like, hey, this is my old band. <laughs> apparently Misfits had a lot of oh, yeah, Spinal yeah. Tap moments. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, Lars Ulrich everyone knows from uh, Metallica, Metallica. A drummer for Metallica told a press conference, uh, a press conference crowd that the Metallica slash guns and roses, 1992 tour 
seemed, quote, so Spinal Tap. Mm. <laughs> this tour was in support of Metallica's own Black album, and shortly after the tour started, Metallica's James Hetfield suffered third-degree burns on his mm. arm after he stood too close to a pyrotechnic device. Yeah. Earlier in that tour, backstage at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, Metallica met with Spinal Tap and discussed how their Black album was an homage to Spinal Tap's Smell the Glove. <laughs> this was ca- <laughs> That's hilarious. This yeah. was captured on the Metallica DVD A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica. Smell the Glove, man. Smell, Smell it. the Glove. Smell it. In a 1992 interview, Nirvana explained uh, Nirvana, <clears throat> excuse me, explains declining the offer to be a part of the film's singles. Uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Cobain goes on to say, quote, there's never really been a good documentary on rock and roll bands. Uh, Dave Grohl then cuts in saying, except for Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 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 funny, so, so Spinal Tap was the, uh, was the, uh, probably the essence in the band life, you know, all yeah. the, all the trials and tribulations that they have. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, that's amazing. And the, that's, and the movie's so funny because, um. Uh, one of my favorite songs is Big Bottom. Yeah. And Stonehenge. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so everybody's got, got to check out Big Bottom, at least Big Bottom. Big, that's the funniest song in history, man. That's so good. And, and I love the, the Stonehenge part because they wanted to do the, the, <laughs> they wanted to do the thing where they create these props and bring down Stonehenge, but like the measurements got all mixed up. Right. So <laughs> when they did it, it's just like really, really small Stonehenge <laughs> yeah. that yeah. comes out on the stage. Oh, and the pod, there's so many funny parts this movie. The pod. The pods, yeah, yeah whenever yeah. he gets trapped inside of it. Right. Oh, God. Well, see, the, go well, see, the funny out. thing is uh, when they started out with the song, um, the guitars both came out from the pods, but the bassist... Um, <laughs> uh, got trapped in it, and then whenever the movie ended, the two guitars went back into pots, and the and the bass just came out. It's like, what? What are you? you know? I'm like, all right. That is so awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, uh, speaking of uh, interesting facts, here here's a fun fact for you. Yeah. Um, Harry Shearer also uh, does like half of the Simpsons voices. Really? Yeah. I didn't he, know that. He does That's Mr. Cool. Burns and. And and Smithers and a lot of a lot of um, Simpsons characters. Wow, that's cool! So, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's a fun fact today. Neat. So that's cool. Okay, so uh, the next movie is going to be Rockstar. Uh, yeah. Came out in two thousand, May sixteenth, two thousand. Uh, this is like one. Of my, I actually bought this movie yesterday and I watched it again. It was so, it's so great. Um, yeah. It says uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Jennifer Anderson. Timothy Elephant and Nick Cantonese, um, w- which many people don't know, but but I know because he plays in a band called Black Label Society. Yeah. Um, with with Zach Wild, which is also in this band. But cool. Mark Wahlberg plays Chris Cole. Jennifer Aniston plays Emily Poli. Timothy Elephant plays Robert Rob Malcolm, and of course Nick Cantonese plays Xander Cummings. So the basis of this movie is Chris Cole played by Mark Wahlberg. He loves this band called Steel Dragon. Yeah. Steel Dragon is like Metallica for me. I, lo- I love yeah. uh, Metallica back in high school. He loves Steel Dragon, you know, and he dresses up like him and things like him. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Steel Dragon consists of, of, of members. Um, it's Jason Fleming as Bobby Beers. Timmy sees the ball as the road manager. Dominic West as Kurt Cuddy. He's also a, a really well, well-known well actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got uh, three um, uh, famous people here. You got um, you got Jason Bonham as AC, which is mm-hmm. um, John Bonham's son. John Bonham's son. Yeah, yep. Zach Wilde, which is the lead singer of uh, lead singer, lead guitarist of Black Label Society. Mm-hmm. And Ozzy Osbourne. He plays Goad as a lead guitarist, and Jeff Pilson. I'm not sure who Jeff Pilson is, but I know he's like he he is another um, famous dude. Um, play he plays Jordan on the bass. Um, turns out that 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 the band um, Blood Pollution, which is Mark Wahlberg's band, Chris Cole's band, um, they did a show, and there's two two girls that 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 are like um, groupies or something. Yeah. They, re- they recorded the show, and then the next day, um, 
Steel Dragon Singer left the band because due, due, due to complications with you know with them getting along, uh, and um, uh, Kurt Cuddy um, called Chris Cole, the Mark Wahlberg character, um, and asked him if he wants to join the group. So he does. And and uh, during the movie, you, you see like you know trials and tribulations from from Chris Cole's point of view of the band. Um, he lived a life with with Steel Dragon, and at the end of the movie, he decided to leave the band because um, it wasn't working out. Yeah. So he gets back with his with his um, old guitarist Rob Malcolm, played by Timothy Olyphant, and they you know they they have a happy life after. After the movie, yeah. Um, so, uh, a, a few things that um, that who is the singer from Alter Bridge? Oh man, uh, yeah, if I yeah. Ask me, I could have told you. Yeah, no. Uh, um, yep. I can yeah. tell you in just a second. Here. Yeah, me too. So, um, we'll find out his name, but he is in the movie at the very end of the movie. Um, he yeah. Took over. Oh, Chris, he's in that. Yeah, he took over Chris Cole's part as the lead singer for Still Dragon. Miles Kennedy. Miles Kennedy. Yes, thank yep. you, thank you very That's much. It. Yeah, and the dude from um, Third Eye Blind Frontman, which is Stephen Bradley, he's in yeah. the movie too. He cool. plays the he plays the um, the uh, uh, you know you got uh, you got you got your tribute bands right, and you got like two or three of them, and you have one band who thinks they're better than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Third Eye Blind Stephen uh, Stephen Bradley. Um, Band, um, uh, Steve, no, Steve, Stephen Jenkins is his name. Stephen Jenkins, um, he has a band called ba- Black Babylon, and they're always in competition with with Mark Wahlberg's band. Gotcha. Um, so he's in the two. Um, so oh, and and this was a true story. My friend told me that um, uh, this was roughly basically about um, Ripper Owens. Because he sang for Judas Priest whenever Rob Halford left. Right. So this is uh, loosely based on his life story. That, wow. Know, Jordan, I didn't think about that. Joining Priest and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Um, um, Ripper does, uh, he fronted Ice Earth afterwards, and he has a band called Ripper Owens or something. So he so he does a good, good, good job for himself, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Okay, so, um, The Dirt. Haha, <clears throat> uh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen The Dirt. It's on I Netflix. Not, I want to so bad. I have not seen it yet. Man, this movie is so great. So great. Yeah. Um, this, this is also based on the band Motley Crue. Yeah. Um, they, they hired some amazing actors. Um, Douglas Booth plays Dickie Six. Um, Awan Brion, I don't know how to say his name, I'm sorry, played as Mick Mars. Cool. Yeah, he was in uh, Game of Thrones. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, did, did, did I play his name right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Um, Colson Baker is Tommy Lee. I thought that was um. Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's Machine Gun. Oh, okay. That's Machine Gun oh, Kelly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I'm I'm so used to name the the, the name Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. He, he, he does a fantastic job. He Does he? That's he, oh, good. Yeah, I, I was it. I was wondering when I first heard he was going to be playing Tommy Lee in the dirt. Man, he nailed. I was like, Tommy oh, Lee, you know. I hope they don't ruin that. No, but no, no. Apparently, this, he did a good job. This is awesome, dude. You need to check it out. Good. And Daniel Weber as Vince Neil. He does an amazing job too. Cool. So the plot is, um, oh, and uh, and uh, Nikki Six's name is Frank Carlson Ferreira. Okay. So in nineteen seventy three. A Frank Carlson Ferrer Jr. walks away from his drunk mother at Diana after years of abuse of stepfathers and moves to Seattle in 1978. After a failed attempt to connect with his biological father, Frank legally changes his name to Nikki Six in 1980, the year I was born. <laughs> and a year later, after falling out of, with members of London and the Whiskey Go Go, uh, with his previous band, Nicky befriends drummer Tommy Lee and reveals to him that he's a former, that he's forming a new band, Motley Crue. Uh, joining the band as guitarist Mick Mars, who suffers from, 
I can't pronounce his um, but but there's something wrong with his with, with his bones and his body. Yeah, yeah. Um, the trio then recruits the, the lead vocalist Vince Neil from the cover band Rock Candy, and after being and after brainstorming, the quartet named themselves Motley Crue, and life as uh, we know it as music um, got better, a lot better. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and during the movie, it shows um, uh, Vince's Neil's daughter um, who died of cancer. So that was a really heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Um, but then it, it shows, like like we said, with all bands, goes through trials and tribulations, and this band went through hell and hell and back. So right. check out that movie. It's a great movie. Um, you won't be disappointed. I, I love that Netflix is doing these movies. Um, yeah. And I hope to God they they make like like several more movies, you know, because um, it's always interesting to see uh, their side of um, life, you know. Right. Because when we were growing up, we didn't even know the style that they lived, you know. Right. So it's yeah, good it, that it, you know they come at, they, they 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 do these movies and uh, let us in on on their world. Sometimes. Yeah, because the uh, so the movie The Dirt is based off of the book, okay. The Dirt okay. that uh, that Motley Crue wrote, like all four of them, okay. and just and they called it The Dirt because it is literally just, I mean, just airing out all of this stuff that has you know people didn't know. Right. I mean, you, they've done interviews for years, but there's a lot of things they didn't tell people. So it's the like, right. yeah. there's thing, there's thing. I heard that there are a lot of things that they wrote in there that the other members didn't even know about, like, you know, sleeping with some of their girlfriends oh, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So like, yeah. they don't see it until they read the book and then they're like, crap. Right. But, uh, it's, so it's a very, <laughs> very detailed, I'm sure some of it's probably played up a little I'm bit sure too, it is, yeah. but you Made know, it, it's, yeah. but it's, at least it's based off of something that happened. Yes. Um, yeah. so pretty interesting. I, I, I need to check it out. I haven't yeah. gotten around to watching it yet. Yeah. So it's really, really good. Cool. Well, I've got one here. Okay. Um, so last week we did an episode on uh, punk music, um, and we talked about the Ramones for a while. Have you ever seen the Ramones movie, Rock and Roll High School? They did a movie? Yeah. I, I, Absolutely. I haven't seen it, you know. Yep, based on their song, Rock and Roll High School. Uh, it is a 1979 American musical comedy film hmm. directed by Alan Arkish, produced by Michael Finelli, and starring PJ Souls, Vince Van Patten. Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother, right. uh, and Day Young. The film features the punk rock band The Ramones. Um, just a little bit of a plot set up for you. The movie is set in 1980. Vince Lombardi High School uh, keeps losing principals to nervous breakdowns because of the students' love for rock and roll and their disregard for education. The leaders of the students, Riff Randall, who's played by PJ Souls, is the biggest Ramones fan at school. She waits in lines for she waits in line for three days to get tickets to see the band, um, hoping to meet Joey Ramone so she can have uh, so she can give him a song that she wrote for the band called Rock and Roll High School. Mm-hmm. When the tyrannical pr- uh, principal Togar, um, played by Mary Warnoff, uh, takes her ticket away, Riff and her best friend Kate Rambo, played by Day Young, um, have to find another way to meet their heroes by winning a radio contest. When Miss Togar and a group of parents attempt to burn a pile of rock records. The students, joined by the Ramones, who are made honorary students, <laughs> overthrow the teachers and hall monitors to take over the high school. With Miss Togar and the musicians uh, asking the musicians, "Do you know your? Uh, do your parents know that you're the Ramones?" <laughs> when the police are summoned and demand that the students evacuate the building, they do so. But then the students and the Ramones burn down the school as a final act of youthful rebellion. That's punk, dude. <laughs> That's very punk rock. That's punk rock, dude. Yeah. I would not encourage you to go burn down your high school. No, though. please don't do that. Yeah. And did you say the principal's um, name is Togar? I guess. What kind of name is Togar, uh, dude? <laughs> I, that's a great question. And yeah. I could be pronouncing that wrong. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen this movie, too. Yeah. Um, but Rock and Roll High School received generally, generally positive reviews and has an 81% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Which, as all of us know, Rotten Tomatoes can be a total, uh, a, a crap, total butthole a lot best, of times yeah. when it comes to movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it did well enough that uh, 
they followed it up with a sequel in 1991 called Rock and Roll High School Forever. I did not know that, and I have not seen it. You got to see um, it. <laughs> but it was not as well received and its as its predecessor, um, and it received mixed neg uh, received mixed to negative reviews, earning a 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb and 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Mm. So I need to check him um, out because I never know that 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 the Ramones made a movie. Yeah, and in fact, in 2008, they announced that they were going to remake the film, um, but and it was going to be done through Howard Stern's production company, but nothing ever came of it. Right here we are; it's 2020. Still don't see a remake. So, but uh, yeah, man. Well, technically, uh, you can't do a high school. Well, technically, you can't do a movie with one Ramon. No, you can't. Mm. It's going to be very hard, um, Unless especially they... when the core of them are all gone. Right. So. Well, I mean, you could do like they did in Dirt and Tower, like fantastic actors that look like look, look, yeah. look like them, you know. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I need to check them out. That, yeah. That's pretty do. interesting. Yeah. Cool. And uh, moving on, I've got another cool one uh, that I have not seen yet, but I want to very, very bad. Um. This movie straight out of Compton. Do you remember when this movie came out? I've seen that. Yes, sir. As oh, you did see it? Okay, yes, cool. sir. Yeah. Cool. So, straight out of Compton is a 2015 American biographical drama film directed by F. Gary Gray, depicting the rise and fall of the gangster rap group N.W.A. and its members Easy E, Ice Cube, and Dr. Dre. The members were involved in the production, including Ice Cube and Dr. Dre as producers. As was Easy es widow, uh, Tamika Woods Wright, while MC Ren and DJ Yella served as creative consultants. Ice Cube is played by his real-life son, that's cool, mm. O'Shea Jackson Jr., right. with Corey Hawkins as Dr. Dre and Jason Mitchell as Easy e Paul Giamatti also stars as NWA's manager, Jerry Heller. Um, I'll get to the plot here. So in Compton, California in 1986... Easy e is a drug dealer, Dr. Dre is an inspiring disc jockey, and Ice Cube is a young rapper. Intrigued by Ice Cube's uh, reality raps, reflecting on the crime, gang violence, and police harassment um, that they and other African Americans encounter daily, Dr. Dre convinces Easy e to fund a startup label um, called Ruthless Records with Dr. Dre as a record producer. Uh, when their song, Boys in the Hood, is rejected by a New York rap group, Dr. Dre convinces Easy E to perform it instead. It becomes a local hit, and Easy E, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, DJ Yella, and MC Ren form the group NWA. Easy E accepts Jerry Heller's offer to manage NWA and co-run Ruthless and Priority Records offers NWA a record deal while recording their album Straight Out of Compton. Um, while recording the album Straight Out of Compton, the group are harassed by police due to their race and appearance prompting Ice Cube to pin the song F the Police. Everybody knows that song. Right. Um, the album becomes a controversial hit due to its profanity and violent lyrics, and the group's style is dubbed as gangster rap by the press. During a 1989 concert tour, the FBI demands that NWA stop performing F the Police because it, it encourages violence against law enforcement. Police in Detroit forbid them from performing the song, and a riot breaks out when they perform it anyway and are arrested. Now, there is a really, really cool um, podcast called Disgraceland that I want everybody to go listen to. It's very well put together, very well produced, um, and they have an episode on NWA, and they talk about that riot um, in detail and like have reenactments of it and stuff. It's really cool. Go check it out. Um, but yeah, man, I, I have not gotten around to watching uh, Straight Outta Compton, but I heard it was very good. Um, I love NWA. Yeah. Uh, the Straight Outta Compton album is awesome. It's great, yeah. From beginning to end. Uh, a lot of really catchy songs on there. And I know Boys in the Hood is not on that album, but Boys in the Hood is a great song, too. Right. Um, so I told you that The Dirt uh, is is a fantastic movie, but, yeah. it, but it's got nothing on this one. Um, <laughs> this is modern yeah. on the best biopic movie ever made yeah um i i had this movie on my play on my playstation and when i first got it i couldn't then stop watching it over and over and over again it's so great you need you really need to check it out tonight to, you know tonight yeah oh i would love to i might yeah. i might have to uh 
tell Allie whenever I get home, be like, hey, what are we doing tonight? Why don't right. we watch a... Mm-hmm. Where we watch this movie? I think it's on Netflix, but I think you, but but if not, you can buy it on in the PS Store for like twelve bucks. It's it's, it's very very cheap now. Yeah, it came out in um, came out twenty fifteen. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, so it's really really cheap now. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so check it out too. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got another one to throw at you okay, if you've cool. got some time. Oh yeah. Um, yes, sir, this this movie we have watched recently. Uh, I think it was around around Valentine's Day when we watched this. Um, this movie is totally free. You can go watch it on YouTube right now. It's a YouTube original movie. I didn't even know that YouTube did original movies. Um, but it is called The Boy Band Con, The Lou Pearlman Story. Have you ever heard of this movie? No. no documentary? Never it's really heard. a documentary. Right. Um, but uh, so... The Boy Band Con, The Lou Pearlman Story, is an American documentary film that premiered on March 19th, 2019 at South by Southwest, produced by Lance Bass, who was in NSYNC. Oh, yeah. Uh, the film explores the career and legacy of record producer and convicted criminal Lou Pearlman. So if you like true crime, it's really cool to throw in there with the, the whole music theme. Um, so the Boy Band Con features the story of Lou Pearlman, his remarkable success and offenses, and his tragic end while serving a 25-year prison sentence for multiple felony convictions. The Lou Pearlman Project uh, reveals the dark side of stardom and the music industry as members of multi-platinum selling bands like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, O-Town, and Take 5 tell all about working with, uh, with Pearlman. So this guy had was running probably the biggest scam uh, when it came to the music industry that ever was hmm. um lou perlman was a true piece of crap right um say what you want about boy bands you know i uh, there's there's listen i'm not gonna i'm not ashamed the baxter boys were freaking awesome right and i i, I still listen to the baxter boys yeah, to man, this day. i mean i listen to instinct good, dudes yeah. right yeah, yeah so they had some great songs yeah um they were cheesy as crap but the songs were great <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. so but we watched this movie and you know, whenever these, these guys were coming out with these groups, they're all like teenagers, man. Oh yeah. Um, they don't know anything about the music industry. They don't know what's going on. They have lawyers, but I mean, the lawyers, actually there is a part in one of those where they were, they had one of their lawyers. I think it was NSYNC's lawyer was reading over the contract and they were told this is a horrible contract. You are literally signing your life away to with this label if you do this. They want to get famous though. Right. So they signed away. Right. And got themselves screwed in so many bad deals. It was ridiculous. Like considering the amount of money that Lou Pearlman would make off of them. And he like so Lou Pearlman had this mansion. That he would now Backstreet Boys was his first like successful band that he yeah, had, right? Yeah, yeah. So um he had Backstreet Boys come basically live at the house. They rehearsed all the time. They danced, they sang, they worked out all the time. He made sure that they stayed fit. He made sure that they stayed up on their vocal lessons, that they were rehearsing and getting their choreography down. Um, and they said it was like boot camp. It was brutal. And Man. I mean it was all day long with hardly any rest. Um, they did every concert that was available to them. They didn't cancel any shows. Even when they didn't feel good, they didn't cancel any shows. Mm. Um, waiting for that, waiting, waiting for the lightning to strike, you know, and, yeah. and finally make it. So, you know, they're, they're working their butts off trying to be successful. And, you know, Backstreet Boys blows up. NSYNC comes along. NSYNC is just as successful as Backstreet Boys. And uh, they they tell this story. Lance Bass, in particular, tells the story of when they're sitting around. I think their first album had come out. Had a, They had music videos. They had done a tour and was very successful with it. Um, and uh, they're sitting around having dinner at a very nice, expensive restaurant. Um, and Lou Pearlman's like, I've got a surprise for everybody. And he hands... The, the guys in the band and their parents that were there, these envelopes. And it was a check inside. And the check 
I forgot how much that was on the check, but it was a very, very, very small amount of money that was on those checks. Mm. And he was like, congratulations, you've earned it. And they got to thinking about it and they're like, wait a second, we made the, the album charts say that we made X amount of money. We've made X amount of money from tours, from music videos, from merchandise. And this is all that we get. Right. Yeah. And it's because this dude was stealing so much money from these bands. It was ridiculous. So he was kind of uh, like what Jerry Heller was. Yeah. For, for, for NWA. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. just totally screwing them over. Right. Um, anyone that is uh, at a young age that is getting into the music industry, you really need to make sure that when you sign a contract with a record label, that you're not getting yourself screwed over in any way. Cause it, I know that like you have teams of people that is involved with the production of everything when it comes to music, but you know, at the center of it all, at the core of the whole thing, you are the reason that all this money is being made. Right. You know, Lou, Lou Pearlman didn't do a single dance move. He didn't right. sing one single note on any of those records. Right. Yeah. And yet he made more money than all of them combined. Right. And, uh, and, and uh, and it wasn't, he got like, 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 like a, a like a bigger guy. Oh yeah. He was fat yeah. as crap. So he's telling, <laughs> he's telling them to, you know, refit, but you know, the, he, 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 he could have worked out some too, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> they said yeah. that he used to make comments all the time if they, you know, started like, "Quote unquote," letting go of themselves, and right. it's like, Shut look who's talking, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's a it's a really sad story. Right. Um, but go watch it. It's totally free. It's on YouTube. Okay. You can spare an hour and a half. And um, and what is this movie called again? Uh, it's called The Boy Band Con. Okay. Uh, okay. The Lou Pearlman story. It's on YouTube. Totally right. free. I'll look it up today. Yeah, man, it's really good. Cool. Um. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's amazing what they go through, and and like and like I said, um, it's it's good that they come up with these movies, so that we get yeah. the we get a perspective of what they went through. Yeah, uh, the public thinks that uh, um, being in a band is is all fun and games, but like you said, you you can get uh kind of screwed on deals and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, you've got to be careful. You got to right. make sure you've got good lawyers that, you know, and and NSYNC's lawyer tried to tell them, it's like, hey guys, you're signing a deal with uh with this guy saying that you're going to give him all these albums. I forgot how many albums they were supposed to give him. Yeah, but you know, NSYNC really didn't have a lot of albums they put out. I think it was three. I think they put out only three albums in their career. Wow. And uh, in court. They basically had to break their contract, and they knew what they were. They were basically committing career suicide right. by taking Lou Pearlman to court, but they did it anyway because they they knew it wasn't right, and they wanted to get out of that deal that they had. And I think it affected them tremendously. Not all of them, obviously, because Justin Timberlake went on to be very successful. But I mean, what else did the guys from NSYNC do? Right. Nothing. Yeah. You know they they didn't they. They're just known for being in sync, and I'm sure they've got all kind of royalty checks that they've collected over the years. But as far as any of them being successful past that point, Justin Timberlake was the only one, right? Um, yeah, um, and he's still going strong. Yeah, I I just looked it up, and and you're right, they did three albums in mm -hmm. sync, which is 1997, No Strings Attached, 2000, and Celebrity 2001. Right. So they did a. They didn't have a very big catalog, but I mean, mm -mm. from from what they did, they, man, they made a killing on money, and they yeah. got so many fans. It's unreal. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and Backstreet Boys still going strong too. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I don't think Ninety Eight Degrees is um is going anymore, are they? No, I think the rest of those game the the rest of those guys kind of fizzled out right. after that. Yeah, and. Uh, the the only ones that ever kind of held on to any type of success was the Backstreet Boys, right? Um, right. And that's really it. The rest of those bands just kind of faded away, and you didn't hear anything else from them. Yeah. Um, did um, but, did Insync go through the same boot camp that uh, that Backstreet Boys did? Definitely. Okay. So yep, so definitely. so it wasn't a one time thing. It was just and it was, every band oh, that yeah. he had. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there there's talks with other 
pop groups that was involved with Lou Pearlman and like threats that he made. There was one girl that was afraid that, you know, he was going to sabotage her car or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and try to kill her um, wow. because she, yeah. I mean, he was a creep. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he would hit on the girls that was, he was involved with, uh, the girl groups and even some of the boy bands that he was involved with. Hmm. Um, and, uh, uh there, so, all right. Aaron Carter has made himself, he's put himself in a bind with his own bad choices. Right. I don't know if you've seen anything from him lately. I have. He's, uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's got all the he's reals. On, he's on drugs really bad. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really sad to see him because he, you know, he, he was a lot younger than the rest of those guys. Yeah. Um, he was like middle school whenever actually, he was getting famous. Actually, Aaron Carter is Nick Carter's brother, right? Yeah. Nick okay, Carter yeah. from the Backstreet Boys, his right. younger brother. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Aaron Carter was involved with Lou Pearlman as well. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And uh, oh. now there's been accusations that Lou Pearlman was a creep and like hit on some of the boy bands and whatever. So they brought this, they brought this up to Aaron Carter and Aaron Carter got so mad. It's the most uncomfortable thing to watch. Mm. Um, he got so mad, so upset. He was like, he was like, no, he, Lou would have never touched me inappropriately. And he was just going off and yeah. he like would not shut up about it. So yeah. it makes you think, I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe, maybe he's he did overreacting yeah. like a simple, like, no, that never happened. Right. Would have been okay. But he just like freaked out. Man. Now again, Aaron Carter's on drugs really bad. <laughs> yeah. So you never so, know what the truth is. And what, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Never know, man. That's bad. That's sad. Sad, sad. Yeah, but please go watch it. It's a really interesting documentary. Okay, cool. Uh, check it out. Yeah. So thank y'all everybody for tuning in to episode nine. Um, uh, you can view us on Facebook at facebook.com dot backslash WWFMS podcast, and you can contact us to be on this podcast yourself at whenwordsfail at gmail so, yes, everybody, uh, thank you for your time listening to this. I know we are all going through a a, a bit of a struggle here now, um, but just hang on. We're, we're going to get through this. Oh, yeah. So, and we also hope that this podcast kind of eases your mind and, you know, better days will come. So, yeah. Thank you, you all for listening. some of these movies that we watched and occupy yourself during this quarantine. Yes. Yes, please do You'll that. watch all these movies. Yes, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Bye. Later. You've been listening to the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast. Stay tuned for more, and thank you for listening.